Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. We're going to react to uh, the Nets Heat game from tonight. And it was another frustrating, disappointing, embarrassing type of loss. I mean, it was a 113-107, I believe, final score. Yes, it was. And, um, you know, there's some good news coming into today. Kevin Durant comes back first time in a month and a half. That's great. Followed up by Jimmy Butler's out, PJ Tucker's out, Kyle Lowry's out, Oladipo's still out. Then you find out Joe Harris is out for the rest of the year. We'll talk about that later. That was disappointing. But still, Kevin Durant's back. The Nets were favorites at home. And it's like, <clears throat> there's 19 games left. Let's figure it out. Let's get 14 wins or something, 13, whatever, the final 19 games. Let's finish strong. And this is a game where they were up 12 points, 14 points sometime in the second quarter. Things were going well. And then the second half happened. And the Nets scored a combined 40 points in the second half, 17 in the third, 23 in the fourth, and had one of their most embarrassing losses of the year. And it's gotten so bad that I really do miss Steve Nash. And Steve Nash is not a perfect coach, but Jacques Vaughn is so bad. And I just, he had his moments in the bubble. I get that. But Jacques Vaughn was coaching at like an elementary level tonight. I mean, just unbelievable that an NBA team could not break a zone defense for almost an entire half. Embarrassing. So anyway, we're going to talk about the loss, the rest of the season, expectations, because they're getting lower and lower. Hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, please, and let's get into it. So the Nets are now 32-32. and 32. They're a 500 basketball team, which is just still, it's just crazy to imagine because they were literally like 29-17 and 17 at one point. So they get to 32-32. and 32. A lot has gone wrong here in the past month and a half, of course, since Kevin Durant's been out. And now he's back and we're still losing. So they are three and a half back of Toronto, who's the seventh seed, which is still the play-in tournament. Got to get out the seventh seed for that to, uh, to avoid that. And they are one game ahead of the Hornets now, who are in the nine seed currently. So not a good spot to be in. I mean, there's time. There's 18 games left, and I just don't see a possibility of getting to the sixth seed. I just don't really think it's going to happen. I, I think Boston's playing very well. I mean, Cleveland, they might taper off at some point, but their record's just a lot better than us right now. So I'm just not expecting to get out of the playing tournament. I'm expecting a playing game or two, depending on if they win or not. But I'm expecting a playing game in Brooklyn, hopefully. I'm hoping for the seven or eight seed. That's what I'm hoping for. But the expectations of getting out of the playing tournament, I just don't know how realistic that is at this point I just don't really see it happening I mean Boston's been playing too well and the Sixers look great with Harden now and just yeah there's there's not it's not even it's not worth worrying about I, I just think the Nets are going to be in a position where they're going to be in a playing game and you better have your guys healthy for that game that's pretty much it and it's it's out of your control of course because who knows if they'll be healthy but we're hoping the mandate's gone. We're hoping Ben Simmons is back. Of course, Joe Harris is not coming back. But you're just hoping you have your your big three, quote-unquote, and they have some games together. And they can win that game and get themselves into the playoffs and, you know, somehow win a seven-game series versus, say, Miami or Philadelphia or Milwaukee or something, Chicago. And I, I do think the Nets, when they're healthy, can do it. I do think they can do it. I think this team is still talented have my expectations dropped from the beginning of the year? Yes, they have. Of course, I think every Nets fan's expectations have probably dropped at this point. But I do know, or I do believe, that when this team's healthy, when they're right, they can beat anybody. And especially in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I don't know about Phoenix and all that, but still, 
the Eastern Conference, I do believe a healthy Nets team could compete with anybody in a seven-game series. I'm not saying they'll beat any of them, but they can at least compete. And as long as you have a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Kyrie Irving, hopefully Ben Simmons looks okay, I think there's a chance. I really do. And you have enough shooters on this team to make it work with Patty Mills and Seth Curry. I mean, look, it's it's still a good team on paper. My concern as a Nets fan has always been good things don't happen to this organization. Why should I expect this team to be healthy at any point this year? It's probably not going to happen. I'm sure Ben Simmons will have another setback. I'm sure the mandates won't get lifted. Kevin Durant might get re-injured. I have no idea. I just have every pessimistic thought when it comes to this basketball team because every time you think something's coming and it's going to be good on the horizon it's always the opposite every single time so yeah I mean I have my concerns the rest of the year I I think the playing tournament's gonna happen I hope they play in Brooklyn because if they have to play at Toronto Kyrie Irving cannot play at Toronto I mean he can't play in Brooklyn right now either but we're hoping that's going to change but right now Kyrie Irving cannot play in Toronto because of their rules so I'm hoping the Nets get the seven seed that's what I want right now so it'd be great to get the five or the six get out of the playing tournament get some extra rest but I just don't think it's feasible right now I really just don't think it's going to happen anyway let's talk about tonight's game um started out very well I must say 35-23 lead at the end of the first I think Durant was like four for five at that point, looking pretty good, looking healthy. So we're like, all right, things are good. Patty Mills came in, made some shots. Patty Mills was actually four of five from three in this game, and he has not played well the last five or six games, so it was great to see that. And, yeah, I mean, at halftime, I think someone made a shot for the Heat right before halftime. That was kind of like a killer. But still, you had a seven-point lead at halftime. I think it was 67-60, and the Nets come out in the third quarter and couldn't make a damn shot. And you're like, what? what's going on here? And Miami had full court pressure at times. They were playing zone at times. And the Nets just did not know how to break it. I mean, like the only time they really had success, and we saw this in the second quarter, was when they put Kevin Durant at the foul line. That's like the best way to break a zone defense. You get the ball in the middle. You're able to, you know, suck in the defense and pass out to the corners to your shooters. And they were doing that at some points. A lot of the times it was Kevin Durant pull-up jumpers. He had an N1 at that point uh, doing the same thing. So... Yeah, there was some success with that, but when Kevin Durant was on the bench and the Heat were in zone defense, it was like they just had no idea what they were doing. It was Goran Dragic just dribbling around in circles, Patty Mills dribbling around in circles, Cam Thomas putting up contested shots, Lamarcus Aldridge's shots kept rimming out. It was just like the most frustrating offensive quarter that I've watched this team play in a long time. It was a 17-point quarter. I mean, it's just not good enough followed up by 23 in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant did not come back into the game until, like, I think KD played the entire third quarter. So, like, I just don't know. Like, Jock Vaughn had a lot of issues tonight, but Kevin Durant's minutes were one of them. I mean, like, he, I'm sure he had a minutes restriction. He did play 35 minutes tonight. I'm sure they didn't want to push him anymore. But I figured in the fourth quarter that KD was going to come back with, like, eight minutes to go. He didn't come back till about six minutes to go. And once KD did come back in, they started playing better. The Nets were down like 10 at that point. They cut it to a two-point game. Seth Curry had a chance to hit a three and take the lead. KD had a chance to hit a three, take the lead. That rimmed out as well. So it was just one of those games where it's like they were so close to taking the lead at the end, and it was just like in the most heartbreaking fashion. It didn't happen. But... They were starting to make a run. I mean, they were down eight points or so. Patty Mills had that great save under the Nets basket. They went in transition. I think Kevin Durant hit the straightaway three-pointer, got them down like five points. And 
you were thinking, okay, we're making a comeback here. When the score was 109-107 Miami, the final two minutes of the fourth quarter, the Nets had a couple chances. The Seth Curry missed three, the Kevin Durant missed three, and then, of course, comes the Bam Adebayo shot, where I think you could have called the push-off. I mean, there was a play where he had inside leverage on Bruce Brown, kind of pushed off on the uh, the pass inside. It wasn't called. And then Adebayo, like, the help defense comes over. I think it was Aldridge rotated to him. And Adebayo just, like, just throws a missile off the backboard, and it goes in. And I'm like, seriously? Like, it just it looked like it was a shot that was not supposed to go in, but it did. And the Heat took a 111-107 lead after that, and the Nets did not score after it. So they came out of a timeout down four. Kevin Durant put up a very contested, like, seven-foot jump shot with, like, three guys in his face, and he missed it. He got the rebound, and that's pretty much all she wrote. And just once again, they had two chances to make, you know, they had pretty good looks. You know, the Seth Curry look was kind of open. I think the KD shot was kind of forced, but, like, I was fine with it because it literally was, like, in and out. It should have went in, so... You know, it's just, it's one of those losses where it just rips your heart out because they were down 109-100, I believe the score was. Bruce Brown made a couple threes. Yeah, it was 109-100. Bruce Brown made a three to make it 103-109. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, they might make a comeback here. And then Kevin Durant makes, you know, a 13-foot jump shot, makes it 105-109, and then makes a couple other free throws, and they were getting back in the game. And it just felt like, you know, maybe they can just somehow pull this out and just turn the season around. This is the the win the Nets need, KD's return, and it just didn't happen. And, you know, I give the Heat a lot of credit. I don't want to sound like, you know, the Nets beat themselves. I, I give the Heat a lot of credit. They have just – they the, the Heat are a team that just brings guys off the street, and it just somehow works out for them. Between Struess and Martin and – Who's the other guy? I mean, you know, Tyler Hero, of course, we know him. But still, like, they just have these dudes they bring in out of nowhere, it feels like, and they just make every shot. You know, it's obviously frustrating when you're facing them without some of their best players, you know, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Oladipo, and all that. And you still find a way to lose. But, like, you're out here getting beat by these guys that are, like, not really household names. As I always say, when it comes to the 29 other teams, I'm kind of a casual when it comes to the NBA. So seeing some of these names in the starting lineup for the Heat, I'm like... We should win this game. Like I don't like to take them lightly because they're just a very well-run organization, and they always make they always make things work, and they play good defense. But like, I was looking at like the talent discrepancy, and you're like, the Nets should win this game with Kevin Durant back. Like they should. And I, once again, they were favored by three points. I think a tip off, and I don't know. It, it just felt like a game. Not that they had to win, but like they really should have. It, it's just it really could have been one of those wins that could have changed the season. This game was on, what, today's Thursday. They don't play again until Sunday, which is a 1 o'clock game at Boston. You know, crazy things happen at 1 o'clock games. I don't know what's going to happen there, but at least we get to see Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving play together. But just tonight would have been such a good one because you would have been 33-31. and 31. Now you're back to 500-32-32. and 32. And, you know, coming off those two, well, I would say one very tough loss versus Toronto. The other one that got murdered, but, like, you know, the one-point loss versus Toronto at Toronto was a very tough one. And then you have this loss tonight where you have, once again, two 
decent looks at a three-pointer to take the lead with under a minute left, and you miss them both in a game that they should have won. And, you know, the Heat, the Nets usually don't have injury luck. It's not a Nets thing to have injury luck. It's always the Nets being injured. And, yeah, I know Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving were out. I get it. But still, to have the Heat missing some of their best players is not something the Nets had very often. Most In most cases for the Nets, a guy can be out for two or, two or three weeks, and he comes back versus the Nets all the time. That's usually how it works out. That happened with like De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell. It's happened a few times this year where like a guy comes back from injury. Anthony Davis in the Laker game came back versus us. Always seems to be the case. But this time the Nets finally have injury luck on their side, minus Kyrie once again and, and Simmons. But they still lose the game. And it's like, like this, this team cannot catch a break. It's just so frustrating to be a Nets fan right now. You know, I don't want to completely give up. I know there's fans that want to like throw in the towel and just look to next year, but you know, when you have a healthy Kevin Durant, it's it's tough to just give up, you know, and we don't know what this team looks like yet. You know, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant have zero games together. I don't know how it looks. We don't know how it looks. We're, we're, no one's going to know how it looks, right? People are speculating, you know, myself included, Ben Simmons will fit in very nicely with this team. And, you know, Kyrie Irving looks great on these road games. The recent Milwaukee game you played in, he was phenomenal, nearly 40-point game. But, until we all you know see them all together, we're not going to know what this Nets team is capable of. But just looking at how I think it's going to work, you have Durant and Kyrie, who are superstar players. You have Ben Simmons, who can run the break, finish at the rim, play good defense. And then you have two shooters and Seth Curry um, and Patty Mills as well. I mean, that would be a good lineup, in my opinion. It's going to be a tough lineup to beat, but... Once again, the pessimistic Nets fan in me just says, you're never going to see that lineup, so stop worrying about it because I just, you know, I just don't know. I mean, you look at the Nets on paper, you look at them when they're healthy, you could play with them in 2K probably, and it works out great. But the Nets are just never healthy in real life. There's always something going wrong here. And obviously it starts with Kevin Durant. He's got to stay around for the next 18 games and be healthy. But when is Ben Simmons coming back? I have no idea. They're saying it's week to week. We're here on March 3rd, and, you know, if he misses a, a week or two, I mean, we're down another five, six, seven, eight games. I mean, like, we can't afford to lose him for that much longer. When does the Kyrie Irving, you know, vaccine mandate change in New York? I saw that Sean Marks, the Nets GM, said that they expect some type of news in the next 24 to 48 hours, which we'll find out what that is, but... You know, it seems like that New York mandate is going to be lifted on uh, March 7th, I think it was. But of course, you know, entertainers and performers, if they're not vaccinated, cannot play or perform. And Kyrie Irving is part of that. So it's a stupid rule. I get it. But that's just part of it. That's just how it is right now. But obviously, we hope it, it does change. So I'm trying to tell myself better days are coming. But it's just like I'm running out of patience. Like we are less than 20 games left in the regular season. We are just hanging on by a thread in the eighth seed right now because looking at the standings, the Nets are 10 games back of first. The Hornets are 11 back. The Hawks are 11 back. The Wizards are 12 and a half. The Nets are realistically, you know, two and a half games away from not being in the playoffs at all, being the 11th seed. And I'm not saying they'll get there, but like, you know, Atlanta, I think, had a big win tonight versus Chicago. The Hornets, I mean, they haven't been great lately, but they still have talent, so it's a team I'm still concerned about. But, yeah, I mean, to just be that close with those teams, and now they're three and a half back at Toronto once again. Like, how realistic is it to catch those guys? I don't know. I mean, I don't think Toronto is a great team, but, like, you would think they could at least go 500 the rest of the way. And, 
if the Nets can somehow go 14 and five the rest of the way or 14 and four, whatever it would be or something like that, then sure, maybe they do find a way to get back in that seven seed. And once again, I think the six seed's out of the question. Looking at the Cavs right now, we are five games behind the Cavs. So I just don't think it's happening. I really don't. I, I wish it would happen, but I just don't think the Nets are going to gain five games on somebody, um, you know, the, the way they look right now. I mean, if you can't beat this Heat team without, like, two of their best players or two out of three best players, I, I just don't know if I have hope for the future. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm hoping that the Nets can somehow finish the season with like, you know, win their next 12 of 18, 11 of 18, something respectable like that. That'll put them in a decent position. But I can't expect to just go 15 and 3 the rest of the way. That just doesn't seem realistic. If Ben Simmons was back on Sunday, if Kyrie was back full time, I would say, yeah, there's a chance of that. Of course, we make a big run here. Guys will be healthy. But we still have guys in and out of the lineup. You know, Kyrie still can't play home games at this moment. Maybe that changes tomorrow, the next day. I hope. I don't know. And Ben Simmons is week to week. So it's like, I don't know when he's coming back either. So I, I just can't realistically sit here and expect to win a bunch of games. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I, I'm always realistic when it comes to my teams. Giants fans know that about me. But yeah, I just don't really know what to expect here. I'm just hoping they can get to the seven seed. But I think the most likely outcome is we're probably the eight, maybe nine seed. I mean, it would be terrible, of course, but that just seems like the most likely outcome right now. Looking at the individuals tonight on the Nets, though, Kevin Durant was 10 of 21, had a really efficient first half, had a really bad third quarter, started making his shots when he came back in late in the fourth, but you know, a little too little too late there. Bruce Brown's been just great lately. I mean, ever since Harden's been traded, I don't know what the correlation is there, but Bruce Brown's been a different player. 33 minutes tonight, 8 of 13, and a couple big floaters in the fourth quarter. 3 of 4 from downtown. He was a plus 2, one of the few pluses out here, I feel like. Yeah, so. But Bruce Brown, yeah, he's been great lately. So, I mean, I just hope he keeps it up somehow. But if he can hit that little floater shot, make three-pointers at a pretty consistent rate, he's going to be valuable for this team. Andre Drummond, not a great night. He was 4 of 5, which was nice. But the guy had, what, three rebounds. I mean, it's not, yeah, you can't have that, of course, from Drummond. It was his first game back from the little knee tweak. Not really much of an injury, but he did hurt his knee uh, two games ago at home against the Raptors. Goran Dragic wasn't that impressive. I mean, they definitely pressured the hell out of him when he had the ball, made his life you know, miserable, but he made a couple of tough shots, I remember. He had seven assists, which was nice, but for the most part, Dragic was okay. Seth Curry was two of seven from downtown. You know, you're not going to do well with that. He was three of 10 in total. So that wasn't a great performance out of him. Got a technical foul and this came along with KD. James Johnson, horrendous. I just want to forget about it. Was one of four at the free throw line. So that sucked. And the Nets were in that scoring drought when they were stuck on, I forget how many points they had at that point. They were stuck on a number for a long time. And James Johnson went to the line, shot two. He missed both. Then, of course, they got like that. Weird turnover by Miami where they basically had a um, a possession going. They got the rebound, I think, and just threw the ball out of bounds. It was weird. So the Nets got the ball back, and then James Johnson made a layup right after, but still. Nick Claxton played six minutes, which kind of annoys me because I just talked about it last video how in the game at Toronto on, what was that, Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. He was playing well. End of the third quarter, Nick Claxton was giving them some very good minutes. Even in the fourth quarter, was playing good defense on Siakam, but they just didn't play him much tonight. I think Claxton played a little bit in the first half, but we didn't really see him much in the second half at all. So he was one of one, made that one shot in the paint with his left hand, but 
that was it. So I wish Nick Claxton played more, but that was interesting. LaMarcus Aldridge was off one of four. That's not really, you know, a typical Aldridge game, three of four at the line. So he didn't really do much to help. Patty Mills had a great game. Patty Mills was five of eight total, four of five. He was a minus 12, though. That was the worst on the team, which is interesting. I didn't really expect to see that. But, yeah, I mean, Patty Mills, we know what he does defensively. You know, he's not really great at that area. But shooting the ball, he was good tonight. And then Cam Thomas was 2 of 8, 0 of 3 from downtown. And, yeah, so it wasn't a great game for many guys on this team, a few. I mean, it really only seemed like Bruce Brown and Katie and Patty Mills really cared. I mean, you know, it just seemed like a lot of these guys were just lethargical in a way like they just didn't really have that sense of urgency of like hey we got to win this game the season's you know it's it's getting getting late fast once again and it just seemed like nobody had that sense of urgency you know it just was like it was another game for them so that part of it was frustrating and it's just a crappy game that got away and they probably should have won and once again if that Kevin Durant straight on three goes down and, and gives the Nets a one-point lead you know, what happens, I have no idea, but, you know, I would assume the Heat probably still win the game off some ridiculous shot, but still, um, they were very close at that point, and it's just another very tough loss. I mean, I always, like, you know, have that debate with myself, would you rather lose a game by 25 points or lose a game like this, where I know it's a six-point loss, but it was a very close loss, and I don't know sometimes, I mean, you know, sometimes you want to see your team put up a great fight, but those close losses hurt even more, but then sometimes when your team loses by 25-plus, like, you're disgusted, but you also know at halftime the game's over anyway, so it's easier to take. I have no idea. But anyway, um, Blake Griffin, you know, coach's decision did not play. Kessler Edwards did not play. Of course, Dayron and David Duke Jr., no surprise there. But yeah, so I'm kind of over the Jock Vaughn thing. I mean, I just, I hope Steve Nash is back next game. I cannot believe I'm sitting here, like, begging for Steve Nash to come back at this point. But it's been getting bad out here. So yeah, I mean, we're just not in a great spot record wise and they got to win some games. I actually want to go over the schedule the rest of the way and kind of give out a prediction. All right. So my rest of season record prediction for the Nets. So they're at Boston on Sunday. I will give the Nets a loss there. I'm trying to be fair here. So I have a loss. Boston's been very hot lately. Just beat Memphis tonight. So They've been on a roll, but once again, Sunday, 1 o'clock, anything can happen. Crazy stuff happens in those games, and we don't have James Harden partying the night before anymore, so that's good. At Charlotte, next game, give them a win, 33-33. and At Philadelphia is the big one. I will give the Nets the victory there. I don't know how I feel about it, but I feel like the Nets could win that game. I'll give them the win, 34-33. and They won the first matchup at Philly, so I'm hoping they could take this one as well. Home versus the Knicks, W35 and 33 at Orlando, W36 and 33 versus Dallas, which is a back-to-back right after the Orlando game. I'll give them the loss there. That would be 36 and 34. Now, they're home versus Portland. I think at this point, Ben Simmons may either be back or very close to coming back from his back injury. A lot of backs there, but I will give the Nets the win versus Portland. I will be at that game, actually, so I hope they win, but I have them at 37-34 and 34 after that. I have a loss at home versus Utah, 37-35, and 35. at Memphis L, 37-36, and 36. but here comes the run. At Miami, W, 38-36 versus Charlotte, W, 39-36 versus Detroit, W 40 and 36 versus Milwaukee W 41 and 36 at Atlanta give them a loss 41 and 37 versus Houston you better win that game 42 and 37 at the Knicks W 43 and 37 
versus Cleveland. I'll give them the win, 44-37. And last game versus Indiana, W, 45-37 is my final prediction. That would have the Nets going 13-5 the rest of the way, which looking at that does not seem right. Maybe that's an optimistic prediction, but I do think it's possible. And they would finish at 45-37 and that way. I would think at that point they can probably get the seven seed. I still think six seeds out of the question right now, but if they can go 13 and five, I will sign up for it right now. So anyway, leave in the comments, actually, if you made it this far, what is your record prediction the rest of the way? There are 18 games left in this season, so give me your record prediction for the Nets the rest of the year. Um, I'll close it out there. Just a very frustrating. Like this is the most frustrated I've been after a Nets loss in about a month and a half, two months. I mean, since Kevin Durant's been back, because my expectations were very low after that. But yeah, so it was a frustrating loss. But I just hope they can bounce back on Sunday versus Boston and find a way to get that win with Kyrie Irving back. So we'll find out. Hope you guys enjoyed the video though, and I'll talk to you guys next time.